Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 2, Episode 3. We bring you our Summer Sports Weekly Wrap, which will be coming fresh in your preferred podcast forum, uh, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, every Monday, either evening or hopefully Tuesday morning at the very latest. So please make sure you uh, like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review. You can find us on Facebook and like our Facebook page there. And we're also on Instagram, so feel free to follow us on there. Just before we get started today, a couple of quick shout outs, but some very important ones. Uh, you would have noticed, hopefully, there's a new logo, new Bat Banter logo that has been put together by a very special person, a person who has an immense amount of talent. Uh, her name is Katie Rosario, and you can find her on Instagram at Sketchy Katie Sketches. So please make sure you follow her there. And, uh, of course, another shout-out, a very important one. Uh, you would have seen that our Instagram profile has been put together and it's up and running over the last week or so. Well, that is in and has been put up to, and in no uncertain terms, is uh, responsible purely because of uh, my amazing fiance Rhiannon Lee Rata. So thanks very much, Re, uh, for putting that all together. And uh, I definitely had to do that now, otherwise I probably wouldn't have eaten tonight. So uh, that's done. We've got our shout-outs out of the way. Now we're going to be going on to the Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss. Listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Yes, the Perth Wildcats on a very nice little prowl, if you don't mind. They equaled their best ever interstate record for a 28-game season with a 9-5 record. And it's the first time since 2013-2014 that they've done this. And this is with playing all their away games continuously. They had a really nice win against New Zealand on Sunday, their first of nine home games. Uh, to finish off their season. It was a really tight tussle for about a half. The first and last quarter, they sort of cancelled each other out. The second, that was dead even. Uh, but the Wildcats blew the game away in the third quarter. They won it 26-15. to 15. Uh, It was a crazy shooting game, really, from both teams. But the Wildcats shot at 56% from the field. And in a change, they actually shot at 68% from two-point field goals and they're not relying or settling for the three-pointer. I like the change in mindset. It's it's what they needed to do to be competitive against the better teams. I'm not saying that New Zealand's a better team, but you've got to get into the groove of doing it now rather than try to change it in the finals. The key stat was Perth Wildcats. They had 12 more three free throw attempts, and of those 12, they made nine more free throws. They also it helps when you dominate the rebounds by 20. And of those 20, that included 15 defensive rebounds. Vic Law, he had 26 points and 12 rebounds, just having a stellar month, just playing sensationally. And Bryce Cotton, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. They were the two main destroyers alongside Todd Blanchfield. He chipped in with 14 points on 5 of 7 shooting. They're now sitting out right second. So second place completely, and they're one game behind United and have now won five games on the trot. 
They next play Tasmania on Thursday. And uh, then after that, uh, they play a very, very... They play another difficult challenge on Saturday, and that's Sydney. So Tasmania on Thursday, and then uh, Sydney on Saturday. So it doesn't get any easier, and they'll, they'll have to continue to prove themselves. But lovely stretch of home games that we've been talking about probably for the last two or three podcasts, and now it's upon them. And so far, one for one. That's all they can do. Keep ticking off those games. Do, take them one at a time and look at the challenge on its merits. But uh, Perth Wildcats, they in a very, very nice spot at the moment. Sitting pretty in second with a terrific home stretch ahead of them. Sleep in their own beds. Train in their own centre. They do not have to travel again this season for the regular season. It's all ahead of them. And Wildcats, big two games ahead. Tassie on Thursday, and the big one, the team that's beaten you twice this season already, and we can probably safely say is the hottest team of the competition right now, Sydney on Saturday. What a challenge. Bring it on. What a tackle. What a player. Inside 50. Houghton on the lead. Kiara Bowers at her best. Gemma Houghton wastes no time and gets another. That is Fremantle at their very best. Okay, the AFLW, Fremantle, damn, they made a statement in the finals, in the elimination final, and they deposed of North Melbourne 69-31. to It all came down to the second half. They won at six goals one to one goal two. Efficiency was also a key stat inside 50. 54% to 45%. And even though they had three less inside 50s, and they also won the clearances by eight. The rest of the stats were really quite tight across the game. So it just came down to efficiency inside 50s. So whilst they had three less inside 50s, they made the most of the opportunities that did come in. Kiara Bowers, she had 21 disposals and eight clearances. And Hayley Miller, the captain, led by example, also 21 disposals, but six tackles and five clearances. Janelle Cuthbertson also was a welcome return to the team, having not played since round two due to both concussion and then breaking a jaw. Uh, the big thing which I really, really liked about Fremantle was they shared the load. They had 10 different goal kickers for their 11 goals. So not relying on one person, great team effort. They will play Adelaide next weekend in the prelim finals, or at least more than likely. And the reason why I say more than likely and why this is a very fluid situation is because the game, the scheduled game, the other elimination final, which was meant to be against Collingwood and Brisbane, was postponed due to uh, teams not having enough players to play under the COVID regulations and, and, uh, and procedures. So they're still waiting on on that game to be played, and that will determine if they play Adelaide this weekend or if it gets pushed back another week. And unfortunately, they're waiting on a Kiara Bowers possible suspension call. So uh, I did see the incident, and it will be touch and go. Um, she probably could go for a week. It depends on if they take into account previous incidents. And uh, yeah, we just can't afford to lose her, um, especially going up against one of the top two teams in the league. And, you know, obviously that, that is an obvious statement because, you know, the top two teams I'm talking about are Melbourne and Adelaide. The last two times that they played, well, the last time that they played both of those teams against Adelaide, it was a very tight game right up until the very end. But Melbourne, they got absolutely smashed. 
and there were extenuating circumstances in that, of course. But Fremantle, they took care, took care of business, and they took care of their part. Won the elimination final. Now it's on to a greater challenge in Adelaide, and we'll see what they're made of. But getting most of their players back certainly helps. And uh, Fremantle, and as we say at Bat Banter, it's over to you. Atlanta putting on a run, and Sammy Wickham left alone on the outside. Bad news for Atlanta. I mean, she is just on fire tonight. Bringing up the next. Wickham, All right, no Perth Lynx. Let's go back to Friday. Right, they beat well, Townsville I'll seventy-five to sixty-eight. That was one of right two games that they'd be playing against Townsville. They actually lost the first quarter, but won the last three quarters by three. Four and four. Uh, the Lynx shot the ball terribly, having only eight, having 18 more field goal attempts, but they shot it 9% less from the field. Now 13% less from two pointers, and only 3% better from the three point land. It was a really strange old game based on those stats. I'm still really concerned about their free throw percentage 13 of 20 on 65%. It's just not good enough, and it is not going to cut it come finals time. The positive for them, however, was they had they were plus 11 in offensive rebounds, and they won the rebound count by plus 7 overall. Uh, they had 5 more assists, 8 less turnovers, and 11 steals, and that sort of turned out to be pretty damning for them. They had 4 players in double digits, which was nice. Marina Mabry and Jackie Young, they were the two keys. Uh, Marina Mabry, she had 20 points and 3 rebounds. And Jackie Young had 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, respectively. Lauren Scherf almost got another double-double. She had 8 points and 15 rebounds. At the end of that first Townsville game, they were sitting top with one game in hand. Uh, on all the all the teams in the top four, they've won four of their last five. And they were 7-1 they were when playing on the road in their official away games. Of course, we know that they had some home games when they were playing in Bendigo. That was their base. But for their official away games, they've actually been 7-1, and one, which is a remarkable record. However, in the return clash against Townsville, they actually lost 76-69. to 69, So almost a reversal uh, of scores. And it was a bit of a blow for their top two hopes, or at least their hopes of finishing first and having home court throughout the grand final series. The first and second quarters essentially cancelled each other out. Third was even and just came down to the last quarter where they lost it by eight. The key stat was uh, they were six of 24 from the three-point land and they uh, they were shooting at 72% from three throws and actually made six less free throws. So once again, it comes back to that free throw shooting percentage. You lose by seven, and you make six less free throws. Well, there you go. That's almost the game right there. Jackie Young has been just brilliant the last six or seven games. Uh, she had 26 points and five rebounds. Sammy Whitcomb, she had 15 points and five rebounds, uh, and, and she also led the way. Well, both of them led the way. So Jackie Young, 26 points, and then Sammy Whitcomb, 15. Lauren Scherf. She had a stack of rebounds, but she was kept scoreless. Well played to you, Townsville, for keeping uh, such an important and pivotal part of their offense, offense so quiet. 
They unfortunately dropped to second ahead of their last game, which will be against Bendigo on Saturday. So, you know, you can you can hope Perth links that uh, whoever's at the top of the ladder, I think is the... Oh, who is it? It should be the... All right, let's just find out for sure. So, very important that we get this kind of information spot on when we're doing these kinds of, uh, you know, chats and talks. And, you know, they essentially, in a way, they've got the ball in their court because they know that they have to just win on the weekend and hopefully, you know, some uh, some luck can go their way. So at the moment, the Melbourne Boomers, they're sitting top 17 matches, 12 and 5. Perth Lynx, they're 16, 11 and 5. So it's pretty simple. All we have to do is we've, we've got to make sure that we win and we can only hope that the Melbourne Boomers, that they lose and with percentage they can possibly finish first. Otherwise, if we do get to the point where we're playing Melbourne Boomers uh, in that grand final series, then we will not have home court advantage. That's why finishing top is such a uh, such a massive appeal. And you know they've been in the with the opportunity and in the rain to do that all season, but huge huge loss to Townsville. So um, all they can do is bounce back and uh, links. As we always say, it's over to you. The glory. Let's just recap. They'll actually play 12 games in the next seven weeks. So very, very hectic schedule for them. Now, Bruno Fornaroli, we've, uh, you know, boosted him. And, you know, as we should, and we should be letting everyone know just what an amazing season that he has had. He has had such an amazing season. Uh, his form has extended and is now on the radar and the blip of the Socceroos coach in Graham Arnold. Uh, he'll be part of the extended Socceroos squad for this month's World Cup qualifiers against Japan and Saudi Arabia. So just another acknowledgement of Bruno and what an incredible season he's had, albeit in a very struggling team. Uh, so Captain Brandon O'Neill, he's going to be out for the rest of the season with that AC joint that he suffered uh, in last week's game. Glory, they're just, they are really, really struggling and they just have not launched this season at all. They haven't won in their last six games and uh, we need to add another loss to that for one loss to second bottom of the ladder, Brisbane Roar. They were only down 1-0 at halftime, but then they conceded three more goals in the second half. The key stat was shots on goal. Uh, the goal sorry, the key stat was the shots on goal, the goal attempts, they were both pretty similar. Perth Glory, they had more possession, 53% to 47%. But then Perth Glory, they had 52 more attacks, 52 more attacks, and they had 56 more dangerous attacks. So the shots on goal and the goal attempts are pretty similar. You're winning most of the possession, or at least more. You've got 52 more attacks and 56 more dangerous attacks. Yeah, you're telling me the scoreline is 4-1? Unbelievable. They are just not clinical enough in the front third yet again. Those stats reeked of either a glory win or a draw at the worst. They're left languishing in last four points away from Brisbane. So they're either going to be finishing last or, excuse me, in the bottom third for this season. Like the end of the season could not come quick enough for them. 
but they've still, of course, got another 10 or so games to play. We will see what they can salvage from the season. And I probably could have started with it, but I thought I'd build up to it. And whilst we didn't start with it, we sure I'm going to finish it. As of Sunday afternoon, 1pm, a massive announcement was made. Head coach Richard Garcia and assistant coach Stephen McGarry are relieved of their duties with immediate effect. So there will be new reigns at the helm of uh, Perth Glory starting this week for training and on the weekend's game. Academy, as in Perth Glory Academy head coach Ruben Zadkovic, he takes over as the interim head coach. And Perth Glory Football Club Under-20s Academy coach Chris Coyne, Chris Coyne is his assistant. They actually, Perth Glory, they've only claimed one point from their last four home games. And that apparently just wasn't enough. And you can understand why it wasn't. So we'll see if that makes a difference. We all know the instant effect of a new coach at the start of a team. Will that lead to, you know, one win? But then what do they do after that, after that little sugar hit and everyone's starting from scratch and there being a you know different buzz and vibe uh, within the club? I think there's very much more to this than what uh, than what is meets the eye and um, you know what was in that press release that was released that was sent out yesterday. But uh, I'm sure it'll all come out in due course. But for now, Perth Glory they can only you know look up, look forward, try to salvage something from the season. But uh, We'll see what they can do on the pitch, and that's where it matters most. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted, and it is the four, the Western four. Just before we touch on their game, winger and 21-year-old Brian Ralston, he signed for Connacht Rugby in Ireland for two years from 2023 a big blow there and yet another one unfortunately as fly half jake mcintyre he signed a three-year deal for french club perpignan so a bit of a shame that we're going to lose mainly the 21 year old and you know massive wraps on him and a huge future brian rolston and of course jake mcintyre as well but you know that's rugby that's sport People come, people go, and uh, it is what it is. But uh, let's get on on the pitch. And they beat Fiji and Drua twenty to eighteen, and they did it with uh, they did it with a penalty kick after the siren to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. It wasn't looking all too positive, and it was a very very tight game across the board. They had less meters run with the ball but slightly more total runs. It was a really tight second half. In fact, the second half was so tight that it was even, dead even, and it all came down to a 10-8 first half. As a result, they've actually shot up to six, but have played two more games than New Zealand sides, the Blues and the Hurricanes. So kind of a false storm. But all they can do is just look ahead and, uh, you know, see what happens. Their next game is going to be against the Brumbies at home, uh, which is going to be on Friday, uh, Friday the 25th. So they have a chance to avenge their game that they played against them early on in the season, where actually they snatched a defeat from the jaws of victory, uh, did the Western Force. They were in a commanding position throughout that game to have a great start to the season but uh, just succumb to that experience of the Brumbies. So hopefully a chance to bounce back, 
you know, losing a couple of players for next year, a bit of a blow, but just will create opportunity for others. Nice bounce back win to beat Fiji and Drua up to six, and they just have to keep winning, find a way to, you know, get a positive result against the Brumbies and see how the rest of the season unfolds as they start to get close to playing the New Zealand sides. All right, Force, we'll check in with you next week, and hopefully it's a positive result. Poor delivery from Benny Lockmarsh. Does he attack him? Does he attack him? That's the shot of the night from Mitch Marsh. That's a massive boundary out there in 20 rows back. Oh, my goodness. What power Mitch Marsh has. Try and get Mitch Marsh to hit to the bigger boundaries out square, but wow. Now, onto the Warriors. Uh, unfortunately, it was a drawn match with New South Wales, so both teams agreed to an early finish after the day two rain out. Uh, in the first things for New South Wales, uh, West Australia bowled them out for 208, and there was actually a, uh, an 104-run eighth-wicket partnership between Jason Sanger and Chris Tremaine that actually kept them in the game. So that 104 runs equated to half of their total score. So if the Warriors could have, you know, broken that partnership a little bit earlier, who knows what would have happened. Uh, in that first innings, Joel Paris and Matthew Kelly, they got three wickets each. Uh, WA got in their first innings 356 before declaring. Bancroft got 117 uh, Cartwright got 81, and Sean Marsh uh, got 58. And in the second innings, which um, you know uh, petered out to not a lot, uh, West Australia were four for 75. It leaves the standings with WA in second place on 24.6 points. They were four or are four ahead of New South Wales, but they're just under five behind Victoria with one game to play. And uh, that last game will be on the 23rd to the 26th of March, which is Wednesday to Saturday this week. It will be played at the Wacker, and it will be against Victoria. A win will secure a spot in the final later this month, and that will be on March 31. So fingers crossed that all goes their way. They can get a positive result out of the game. And uh, yeah, they uh, they put themselves in a really, really great position to, uh, they've obviously won the uh, BBL title. They won the Marsh the Marsh Cup only a week or so ago, and they're in a great position to be in yet another final. So glory, uh, not glory, Western Warriors, you're doing everything that you can, and you're right on track. So come Wednesday, and as we say about banter, over to you. Okay, that's it. We are done and dusted for another episode of Bat Banter. That was episode three, and it's our summer sports weekly wrap. So we'll keep bringing you just the main points, how our summer sports teams are going as their season finishes, and if some of the teams are lucky enough to make it into finals. So Glory, not looking too amazing. Wildcats right on track to make finals as other Perth links too. Uh, the Western Warriors, for sure, they're in a great position to make the Sheffield Shield final. Western Force, their season has really only just started. And AFLW, the Fremantle Dockers, they are right in the thick of it. And we hope to find out uh, that they'll be playing a preliminary final in the very near future against uh, Adelaide. Of course, depending on the Collingwood versus Brisbane game. But if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and like us there and follow us on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please make sure that you follow on Instagram, Sketchy Katie Sketches. Uh, she provided us our new artwork for the Bat Banter logo. And uh, please have a great morning, afternoon or evening whenever you're listening and 
Adam Bat and the whole team at Bat Banter, we're out for now.